Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So I'm excited. We're still in a, uh, a series of, uh, called Revive. How many are enjoying that so far? Yes. Come on, my wife uh, brought the house down last week, right? That's why we can't go back to the hotel. Right? Jesus brought the house down. Oh, this is a great word. Amen? Yes, and I did for those that were, were there last week. Yes, I did get phone calls from, no one listened to me, and I did get phone calls of people telling me I should submit my resume. Yes, Floyd's shaking his head. He called me, telling me I should submit my resume and look for a new job. But it was awesome. It was so awesome. I'm excited. And so, um, definitely excited. Let's continue with this series called Revive. You know, revival is not some uh, scheduled event. This big event where you, you invite the best preacher to your service and some explosion happens in the, in the service. Now, that would be awesome, right? I'm, I'm all for that, but that's not the true meaning of revival. The true meaning of revival is when God's people realize the the need for God for for spiritual transformation for spiritual right awakening and and and, and revitalize th- um, them in their walk with God right let me say that more clearly Re- revival is is in the bible when God's people realize their need to be spiritually restored and revitalized in their walk with Jesus See, a revival is a revealing of God. It's a renewed sense of his presence. That's what revival is. How many ready for revival? So here's the thing. Revival doesn't necessarily start in the church. It starts at home. Revival starts at home and it trickles down into the church and it trickles down into the community. And imagine if, if it, it trickles down in the community and what our what nation, our country will look like if we all experience revival, a revealing of God. It starts in the home. Turn, about, turn to someone that says, revival starts in my house. Revival starts in my house. Amen? So if you will, turn with me to Psalms 80. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says this. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up your strength and come and save us. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, 
O God of hosts, cause your face to shine and we will be saved. You, you have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared room for it and you caused it to take deep root and filled the land. And it filled the land. The hills were covered with its shadow and the mighty cedars with its boughs. She sent out her boughs to the sea and her branches to the river. Why have you broken down her hedges so that all who pass by the way pluck is, uh, her fruit? The boar out of the woods uproots it and the wild beast of the field devours it. Return, we beseech you, you, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see and visit this vine in the vineyard which you, your right hand has planted in the branch that you have made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish to rebuke of your countenance. Let your hand be upon the man of, of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we will be saved. And we will be saved. I have to tell you about this vision that the Lord gave. As I was meditating on this scripture, I have to tell you about this vision that the Lord gave me about men praying for revival. But my title of this message today is, God, cause your face to shine. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you again that you are so awesome and you are so present. Lord God, just Lord, thank you for this precious place. Lord God, let us be good stewards of this right now. Lord God, cause your face to shine over this service. Cause your face to shine over every home, Lord God, that's represented right now. Lord God, cause your face to shine, Lord God. I thank you right now, Lord God. Open up my eyes and my understanding right now, Lord God. To, to reveal yourself to us right now, Lord God. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords, Lord God. We don't want regular chats. We want to see you move, God, because you're awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name. So I, I tell you about the vision later, later on that, I, that the Lord gave me. about. So here, once again, is the Israelites, right? Once again, crying out for God to save them, right? Because they have walked away from him. You know, the quickest way to sever fellowship with God is to serve other gods in a time of need. There's only one true God. And loyalty to him is crucial if you're going to receive all that he has for us. Loyalty is, 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 is crucial. Amen? See, crisis will reveal your loyalty. See, with the Israelites, it wasn't so... It wasn't the fact that they cried out to God. That's, that's okay. But it, what was revealed is, is why they cried out to God. Right? So crisis will reveal, will reveal your loyalty. So it's like, where, where were they before they got into crisis? Are you with me? Somebody say, I'm with you. See, the crisis didn't start 
when they cried out. It started when they served other gods. So we must be faithful and loyal to our God. There's only one true God. So their request is, God, God, please cause your face to shine on us. And they were, you have to understand, they were in the, the promised land. They were already in the promised land. So they say, God, cause your face to shine on us. Cause your face to shine. Why didn't they just look back and, and look at all the, the ways that God moved in their lives already? Why didn't they just take time to just look back and say, God, you are amazing. Look at all, the, you know, everywhere you brought us from. Amen? That's why I love this scripture, and I often quote this scripture. scripture the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I love it. You know why I really love it? It's because it's not just your future steps are ordered. This is the steps behind you. So when you are in a tough situation, when you are, when you are facing a crisis, right, you shouldn't focus on the future steps. Look at the steps behind you, how God opened up the door for, for you back then, how God ordered every step that, that, that you took, how God uh, 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 brought a certain person in, in, into your life. Amen. You have to look back and see how God moved in the past. I'm like, man, my steps are ordered. If as a church, we often look back to see how God led us to this point. He was with us every step of the way. So it's not just your future steps are ordered, it's the past ones as well. Just think about, take a moment right now and just look behind you and see how God moved in your life. If he did it then, he will do it again because your steps are ordered. So when you submit yourself to God, your steps are are ordered. Let me just follow you, God. I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to drop my net and follow you. So if I drop my net, God's going to order my steps. He's going to open up doors. I never thought that would be open. I never thought Christ Haven will open their doors, doors to us. I never thought it was available for us, but it's available for us. Our steps are ordered. Praise God. Why didn't they just look back at the steps of the past? See, when God says, said our, our steps are ordered, it means he was, he is, and he will be there every step of the way. Come on, that's like a good shouting moment right there. Some of you may not be used to shouting in church. Do something different right now. Give them a shout or something Slap somebody. It's okay. This, Amen. Yes. So, God, I love this. God is going to cause his face to shine. He's going to cause his face. That means he's going to look down at you. If you're in a tough situation, he's going to cause his face to shine over your situation. He's going to cause your face to shine over your home. That means his, uh, his presence, his blessing, and his grace will be there. Imagine if we live life that way, knowing that God's looking down on us and working 
on our, on our behalf. Oh, maybe I'm alone with that one. That's, that's like amazing. Like God's causing his face to shine in my life. Thank you, Sandy. So it's two, so it's two things I want us to learn about revival. It's two things I want us to learn about revival today. Before we leave, I want us to learn two things about revival. You ready? Revival isn't the start of something. It's the continuation of something. Revival isn't the start of something. It's the continuation of something. See, when the, in the book of Acts, when the disciples experienced the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that came into the room, that wind that came into the room, when, when they experienced that, right, right, they were filled with the Spirit. They didn't stop from there. They went to house to house, knocking on doors, preaching the gospel, right, breaking bread, amen. It didn't stop. It continued. It continued. Amen? Revival isn't the start of something. It's the continuation. It's the continuation of God's blessing. It's the continuation of God's favor and his presence. His presence is always here. It's the continuation. God never will never stop showing up in your life. He will continue to show up. If you ask for him, that's why he says you... I need you to just ask. I need you to knock. I need you to seek me. Then I will open the door. That means he is always there. The reason why God doesn't show up in some of our lives is because we stop asking and we stop knocking and we stop seeking. He says, my, my, my presence is continual. Like he would never stop. His presence would never stop being with us. He said, I would never. He says, I would never. He says, I would never leave you nor forsake you. It's a continuation. It's a continuation. So here in verse 8 in our main text today, it says, God transported the vine to Canaan for the Israelites to take care of it. So what he did in the wilderness for them should have continued in the promised land. Is someone with me this morning? The vine was brought out of Egypt that it may be planted in a better and more favorable soil. The Israelites were, were brought out of their Egyptian bondage that they might be established in the land of Canaan where they might grow and flourish and worship the true God. That was the purpose of them coming out of bondage, right? And so God's presence in their, in their walk with God will continue. But here, they neglected the vine. The vine was them. They were the vine. God took them out, took them out of, of, of bondage and placed them in a more favorable soil. That sounds like Calvary Life, isn't it? That's kind of like our journey right now, right? He took us out where we were and placed us in a more favorable soil. And so his presence will continue. The work will continue. It doesn't stop. It's not a start of something. Revival is not a start of something. We don't have to start a revival. We just need to continue it. So the implication here that they were like unattended vines. 
right? Because they left the vine unattended, and there are enemies that came and started plucking the fruit, fruit off of the vine. Why? Because they didn't. They stopped seeking God. They stopped serving God. Um, they stopped praying to God. So they were. So everyone else took part in their fruit except for them. They were like an unattended vine. See, revival was not supposed to stop when they got freed from bondage. They were, it was supposed to continue and to live that way. So some people get healed but don't walk in the healing. I, that's another message. Maybe one of the other pastors continue with that. So you, it's supposed to continue. It, you're supposed, it's, it's supposed to continue. The blessings and the favor were supposed to continue. So despite God's generosity in the care of of the people of Israel did not yield to him the fruit that he desired. So God placed them in a place to be fruitful, but they did not yield the fruit he intended them to yield. That is powerful. See, the vine is God's presence and favor upon our lives. We are the vine. But Jesus is the true vine. Right? That's what it says in John 15, right? Said, I am, Jesus said, I am the true vine. So when you abide in me, right, you, you know, uh, you just, I will abide in you. I am the true vine. But we are the, if I had a little time, I'd break it down between the Old Testament vine and the New Testament vine. Actually, I just said it. The difference is, like, Jesus is the true vine, right? So when we abide in him, like, we are, he completes us. Let's put it that way. He completes us, right? But everything in our lives must be connected to the vine. Marriage, family, church, job, and we must take care of it. Men, 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 God has placed a vine in your home, and the vine is your family. So he's looking down at the vine, and he wants certain fruit on your vine. He wants you to yield certain fruit on your vine. Psalms 128.3 says, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your home. Your children will be like an olive shoots around the table. Amen? The vine is in your home. It's your family. And God's challenging us today. We need to take care of it. Don't abandon your don't abandon your vine. You need to take care of it. You need to protect it. You need to support it. Amen? So spiritual leadership starts at home. And it continues everywhere else we go. <laughs> but it starts at home. It starts, the first place I learned to pastor was in my house. Trust me. I got challenged. You know what I'm saying? I got, oh yeah. I didn't hear any preacher pastors there, boy. She's like, you need, to, you need to get it together. But spiritual leadership starts at home first. And it trickles down to everywhere else. The first group, the first people that need to know you take God seriously is in your home. See, we know God is everywhere, but God needs to be here. 
The Spirit of God needs, needs to manifest in your life. Your family needs to see the Spirit of God in you. And so I, I was, you know, I've encountered, like, talking with a, a lot of men over the years, and I remember I used to have this issue one time, wanting to be understood. I wanting to, I just wanted, so I just wanted my or or I just wanted people just to understand me. And I, and I noticed a lot of men encountered that. I just want to be understood. She doesn't understand me. And this is what I learned. It's not you she needs to understand. It's the spirit in you she needs to understand. That's what I've learned. It's not me because I don't even understand myself. God understands me more than I know, understand myself. Sometimes I'm confused about myself. So I don't, so stop seeking to be understood. It's the spirit that leads you she needs to understand and she will follow. Because the goal is not to lead my family to me. The goal is to lead my family to God and to lead them in their own encounters with God. Come on. Come on. It's the continuation. It's the, it starts with me and should continue in my home. It should continue down to my wife. It should continue down to my kids. If it starts with me, it will trickle down to everyone else. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But it starts with me. It starts with me. A spiritual leader is the one who leads, who is led by the Spirit, not by emotions. But I found that out about myself. It was a little too emotional. Too much in my feelings. That ain't going to take me anywhere. But it's the Spirit in me who will lead me and lead my family. See, God... And, told us already in verse, uh, starting in verse 8, how to take care of the vine in our home. We have to do what God did. It's a continuation. He says he's brought it, he, he have brought out the vine out of Egypt and have cast out the nations. He had cast out the nations. That means he rebuked some enemies, right? And he planted it and you prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root and it filled the land. And so we ought to cast out some demons, right, that's, that's trying to devour our family. And we need to make room for God's presence. And we need to plant our family in good soil. See, spiritual leaders in their homes, spiritual men impact the atmosphere in their homes. They realize they can, take, they can change the temperature in the room with interaction or relationship. It's like, it's like changing the atmosphere. It's like casting vision, only it's, it's immediate. So when they sense discouragement in the home, say, no, 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 no. The presence of God said this to me. The, the, God has a vision for this family. Let me cast out fear. Let me cast out doubt right now. It's out of our home right now in the name of Jesus. It's not like, baby, it's going to be all right. No, she doesn't feel like it's going to be all right. Is it going to be all right? It's nothing like a praying man in his own home. 
you look a little bit better. There's benefits to praying and getting a word from the Lord. Right? She look at you different. I got a word, I got a word from the Lord, baby. I'll tell you later about it. The Lord gave me a word. I'm just, yeah tell you about it a little bit later. But you just look different, right? You're like more attractive, right? Am I right? Like you get a word from God, she's just like, really? Tell me more. Like really? Tell me more. Tell me more. I mean, it's, it's powerful. It's nothing like a praying man. See, a spiritual leader can fill a room with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Revival is a continuation of something, not a start of something. A continuation of something. That's why God says we, we are created in his own image. It's a continuation. In Genesis 1, um, uh, starting in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image, the image of God he created him, male, female, and created them. Then God blessed them. He blessed them. And he said to them, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the ear and every living thing that moves on earth. So it says here, it says here in verse 26, it says, let us, let us, let us create man in our own image. Let us. Who is us? It's the Trinity. It's the Trinity. So that means the Trinity needs to be represented in our own homes. So the Trinity agreed, they agreed to make the first human family, and the family is supposed to reflect the truth about God. Every human reflects the unity of God. So they're supposed to reflect the truth about God, right? And, and I love it. It says God's, God's image and his likeness. God's image. I never understood that. God's image and in in, in, in his likeness. God's image and his likeness needs to be in our homes. So I begin to understand God's image what God's image is, is his divine attributes. God is love. God is light. Right? God is holy and God is righteousness. So God's image is what, what God is. When the image, when this image is expressed, that's God's likeness. So as human beings, we are made in God's image to express what he is. That's why he tells us to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves. It's to express who God is. How you treat people, we're supposed to express who God is. That's a little deep, right? I wish I had a little more time to get into it. But we need to represent the Trinity in our home. Right? Light in our homes. A holy reverent for God. L love in our home. Peace in our homes. Right? So it says... It says we're going to create man in our own image. Meaning, so, so God uh, 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 told Adam that he needed to be in charge. So man is supposed to lead but not do it alone. The man has been given spiritual authority over the home but cannot take dominion until he has a helper. 
cannot take dominion until he has a helper. So God created Eve, amen, to help her. And the helper is supposed to bring something to the table what Adam never had before. So as your helper functions in her walk with the Lord, amen, God said, now you can take dominion because you're both are bringing something to the table that you never had before. Are you with me? It's nothing like when you see a couple. That's why we love to see couples serve in a church, amen, because we can only do but so much alone. But what we can do together will be amazing. lost some people I thought that was really good couples should be shouting like yeah we we're taking dominion over everything that's why it says opposite attract it's because when you both bring something to the table God would use to take dominion so right away God taught Adam how to be a provider he had to give up something in order to gain a wife he had to give up a rib want to be a provider you have to give up something in order to gain something are you with me see Jesus had to give up his life in order to gain us so order so something must die in order to gain something right it sounds like salvation it sounds like salvation amen See, when you are married, nothing, I've realized, when you are married, nothing's really yours. Can I get my back? No, nothing, nothing is really yours. Um, that's one thing I, I've learned. So it's not just the rib you have to give up. You have to give up everything. It's everything you have to give up, right? I noticed that in my house. Like, I noticed that certain things that is said it's mine, it's just an illusion that's created. It's not really mine. And you know this message is of God, because I kid you not, this was not planned, what I'm about to show you. I, already, I, was, I was already chuckling because I knew I was going to share this story with you guys. So nothing in my house is really mine. So I, I know, notice sometimes my wife goes to the grocery store, and she comes back, and she says, Honey, I brought you your favorite chips. I bought you your favorite chips. I'm like, I'm really excited. Just like, oh my gosh, she went out to the grocery store and she bought my favorite chips. She knows I love chips. So she went out and she bought my favorite chips. So I wait. See, I'm not the type of person that would eat things right away. I wait for a little while on it, right? Because I plan it in my head. Like I get really excited. Like I'm still a kid at heart. You know, I get really excited about certain things. I was excited about chips. Right? I knew what I was going to do with the chips, right? And so it was like three days later, I come downstairs, I'm preparing a sandwich, right? I'm kind of doing a sandwich dance and all that. It wasn't really about the sandwich. It was more about the chips. I had the thoughts in my head, I'm going to sprinkle the chips all on the plate, maybe take a couple of chips and put it in the sandwich, right? So after I'm done making the sandwich, yeah, you got that, right? Okay, so I'm making the sandwich, I prepare the sandwich, the sandwich look all pretty, all that. Oh, so no, you need a helper, right? So I went. I went in the pantry and I looked for my chips. I looked around the chips. Where is, I don't know where the chips are. I said, honey, where are those chips you said you bought from me? She said, you took too long. You know, I ate those chips. They weren't, they weren't really mine. It was just illusion that was created as if something was mine. 
true story. And then all of a sudden, so my wife this morning, and I'm just, I'm focusing on a message. I'm real spiritual, whatever. So my wife hands me my Father's Day gift, and, what I, and I open up the thing, and I says, hey, look what she got me. She got me some chips. She had no idea what the message was going to be like. So I said, I'm bringing my chips to church. Ain't nobody taking my chips. They my chips. And my chips. My chips. Ain't nothing really mine. Ain't nothing really mine. My chips. And my chips. True story. Second thing here, we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move on. <laughs> Revival isn't a singular decision; it is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of revival is about a connection with God. We don't need no special service for revival. We just need to connect with our Savior all the time. Revival is the way that you live. We must walk in the Spirit. Revival is the outpouring of God's Spirit. And sometimes when we read the Word of God, we are amazed how God moved in others' lives. And we're just saying, like, why isn't God moving like that in my life? I'm going to need a little more than this. This, this, this. I appreciate it. Like, why isn't God moving in my life like that? When what begins as an outpouring in one generation should continue as a lifestyle in the next. So that's why God introduced himself in the Bible to certain people. He says, I am the God of your, your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That means what he promised to Abraham continues with us. And we need to walk in it. We need to walk in it. That is our lifestyle. That should be our lifestyle. Are you with me? And that's, and that's what the Israelites were, were missing. What started in Egypt should have continued into the promised land. Galatians 3.3 says, this convict me. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? It's like sometimes we can't get out of our own way. God's trying to move in our lives, but we can't get out of our own way. We're being perfected by the flesh. Anytime your emotions lead you, you are being perfected by your flesh. So we start off exciting. We start off serving God. That's what the Israelites said. They start off serving God, but then they face certain circumstance, and then their flesh, they were perfected by their flesh. The Israelites did not learn to walk in the Spirit. So as men of God, we need to learn how to walk in the Spirit. See, there was a cycle that needed to be broken. Not praying over this over someone here today. Then a cycle, unhealthy cycle, that God would break. See, they served God, but when crisis came, they abandoned, abandoned it what they knew, abandoned what they knew was true. Then that put them back into bondage. Then they cried out to God, and he delivered them. 
then they went back into the old ways. It's just a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Because when God delivers you, it's supposed to continue. It's, your, it's supposed to be a lifestyle. His presence, his presence shall continue to show up in your life. Are you with me? I'm going to close with this. I'm going to share this vision that the Lord gave me as I was meditating on this message. So, it was a dark road. Very, very dark. But it was so many homes on the road. So I'm just like, oh God, so what, what does this mean? So as I was walking, I heard men praying. I heard men praying. There were three men on rooftops. They were praying. Revivals, oh God. Cause your face to shine over us. And so one of the men, he was running across every rooftop, running across the rooftop. And he looked out into every home. He says to the other men, not yet, but keep praying. He looked out. Not yet, but keep praying. So as I continue on my journey, I saw this one gentleman kneeling down in front of his home, and he was weeping, and he was praying. So I came over to him, and I said, sir, are you okay? He says, God told me I am the protector of my home, but it will be more difficult to fight the enemy if he's already in my home. So, so he told me to stay outside and get my heart right before I enter. Don't let the enemy in. He says, revival starts with me. So as I continue on the journey, I looked up again. I heard men praying. They were praying, oh God, will you not revive us. Caught your face behind. And the same man running across the rooftop, running across the rooftop. He looked out and he says, not yet, but keep praying. Not yet, but keep praying. Continue on my journey. And I saw about 20 men walking around their homes with a cross, circling their homes. And so I stopped one minute gentlemen I said sir why are you guys doing this he says well this what Jesus did he died for us he died so he can gain us he says revival is a continuation of something so if I want my family to pick up their cross I must pick up mine first as a reminder that things are on the cross, fear is on the cross, doubt is on the cross, and my sins are on the cross. I must be an example first, and then it will trickle down to my family. 
So then I continue with my journey. Then I heard men praying. So with the men praying on the rooftop, say, oh Lord, would you, would you rev revive us again? Cause your face to shine. And the same man running across the rooftop, running across the rooftop, and he looked out. He says, not yet, but keep praying. Not yet, but keep praying. So I continue on my journey. There were more men standing in front of their homes. And they was just worshiping, calling out to God, singing praises to him. So I stopped one gentleman. I said, sir, sir, why are you guys doing this? He says, those that encounter God, only those that encounter God can lead others to encounter him. So they said, we want our families to encounter God. So every day we just shout and we praise them and we continue to praise them every day so our families can follow, follow so we can model what it's like to worship God, to encounter God. Then all of a sudden, as I look up, the two men were still praying, oh Lord, would you revive us? Cause your face to shine. So as the man running across the rooftop, he looked out. And he says, I see God. It's here. Revival is here. He showed up. He's here. Revival starts with the men praying in their homes. Revival is a revealing of God. They understood all the men praying in front of their homes, they understood that they need God to turn their homes around, to turn their communities around. Men, revival starts in the home. It starts in the home. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.